Our guest speaker today is a, as you will see, very dynamic young man who uh, is a proven leader and who's having tremendous success as pastor of Shore Christian Church in Asbury Park. Uh, pastor Isaac Friedel became the lead pastor of Shore Christian Church in May of 2016. And um, sometime relatively shortly thereafter, Isaac and I met, and we've developed a wonderful friendship. And uh, when he assumed the pastorate of this church, it had, it had gone through a little bit of a difficult season, and they were, they were having about 75 people show up on Sunday mornings. I remember one of our first conversations was Isaac seeking my counsel about how to go from one service to two services on a Sunday morning because their church was starting to really boom. And um, they made that transition, and I, I was there in December and spoke for uh, Isaac uh, I, the second time I've been there, and now they've gone from two services to three services. He didn't seek my counsel about that. Um, they just, he doesn't need it for that. He's proven to be very successful at growing a dynamic and diverse congregation that's impacting that part of the state of New Jersey in powerful ways. This past Christmas, they, they rented the famous Paramount Theater, Paramount Theater in Asbury Park that seats 1,000 people, and they filled it up. They had 250 first-time guests for Christmas at Shore Christian Church this past Christmas. And very exciting to me. I'm a big fan of, of, of Isaac and his beautiful wife, Diamond, uh, and their, their three children. I had the privilege in December of dedicating their new baby, Dewey, in front of their entire congregation, and um, that was a real privilege to be able to do that. I might also say that prior to uh, becoming lead pastor of Shore Christian Church, that Isaac and Diamond launched the, um, the uh, South Jersey Dream Center. I forget the official technical title. Is that close? I think I wrote it down. Uh, the Jersey Shore Dream Center. You are aware, many of you, that we have a longstanding relationship with the original Dream Center, the LA Dream Center in Los Angeles. Um, that was founded by Pastor Tommy Barnett and his son Matthew Barnett, both of whom have been here. And I've been there to speak a number of times. We sent a team there this past summer. Well, uh, Isaac has been very influenced by the Dream Center in L.A. They've launched a Dream Center here in New Jersey, and it is so successful in serving needy communities in powerful, powerful ways. And so uh, you're going to love uh, hearing Isaac's message today. He's going to come and encourage your faith. Please give a great big TLCC welcome to our friend, Pastor Isaac Friedel. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? I um, Before I, I start, and that was an incredible introduction, Pastor. Wow. That was, you, you have such a special pastor. I hope you know that. Um, and that's, that's, I believe, what the, the, the main qualification I feel that I, I have uh, to be able to minister to you this morning um, is I love your pastor so much. 
Uh, he has meant so much to me the past three years. He's led me through so much transition in my life and our church's life uh, through some really tough decisions that I had to make. And being a, a young pastor and, and not having uh, a, a real mentor, your pastor has, has, has been that for me. And I thank you so much, Pastor. Love you. Love Sharon. And my, uh, my wife, Diamond's not here this morning. Uh, she is finishing preaching uh, her third sermon this morning. She's standing in the gap for me uh, on the home front. And uh, we have three kids. We have uh, Judah, who is uh, eight. Lily, my daughter, uh, she's six. And uh, Dewey, that uh, Pastor Terry was able to uh, uh, dedicate, who's uh, nine months. Um, so that's my family. And there's my mom right there, the beautiful woman right there. Um, so, all right, who's ready? First Sunday of 2020, believe in big things. And God, I pray I don't disappoint your faith this morning. Uh, go with me if you have your Bibles. Uh, I'm going to go to Mark chapter 5 and uh, re read the story of, uh, of Jairus, this, uh, this man who had a, a, a big need. He had a, a daughter who was deathly ill, um, and he was desperate. He, I'm sure, talked to doctors. I'm sure he talked to other people in his family, but then he got desperate, he came to Jesus, and, and came to Jesus, he was a synagogue leader, and uh, was in a desperate place, and told Jesus about his situation, told Jesus about his problem, and Jesus was, was willing to, to go right with him to his house, and uh, everything was going according to plan. Uh, his, his faith was activated, uh, and he was seeing some progress. Now, Jesus, the, the healer, Jesus, uh, he had probably heard of the uh, Luke 7 story of Jesus uh, raising a, a young man at uh, the city of Nain, and he knew that he had resurrection power, and now Jesus was coming to heal his daughter, and his faith is high. Uh, but then something happens. Jesus gets interrupted. Uh, Jesus is on his way, and then a, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years uh, comes to Jesus and impedes the progress that Jairus was seeing in his miracle. And she kind of gets in the way like a line cutter. Anyone ever experience a line cutter? Do you, you enjoy someone who cuts the line on you, cuts you off on the interstate? No, we're in New Jersey. We don't, we don't put up with that. Maybe in Indiana, but not in, uh, not in New Jersey, right? Uh, even like, like last night, me, me and uh, my, my buddy Ed, uh, we uh, went to go get dinner at the Cheesecake Factory at the Short Hills Mall. Uh, anyone ever done that before on a Saturday night? Real just great time trying to find a table. And, and so, of course, it's an hour and a half wait there. So what we do is we, we go, we see if we get like at the, the, the high top bar tables, right? You know, seat yourself. And, and so there, it, it's like, every man for themselves. Like, you got to hulk that table. And I was there before so-and-so, and I'm making sure that they're not going to cut in line and get their Cheesecake Factory food before I would am, because don't cut in line with me. Too much. Too, too early. You don't even know me, and I'm already getting real with you. And this, this woman, she cuts in line. And in, in the process, uh, Jairus' daughter dies. So now it went from bad to hopeful to dead. Anyone ever experienced that one before? You get some hope, see some progress, but then you get the news that it's dead. And so that's where we pick up the story. I'm going to start in verse 35. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, some 
people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord. Pray that you will help me minister this word that will reach everyone that is listening, wherever they're at in life, Lord God. There's, we're all at different places, but we all have needs, Lord God, needs that we are in prayer for, things that we are believing you to do in our life. And I pray that you will inspire us and give us the steps in order to implement uh, faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Anybody have young children in here? All, wow. Shout out to the children's department here at, at TLCC. You guys are doing an amazing job. Uh, I, have, I have three kids, as I mentioned before, and uh, going to the third kid was quite the challenge. Uh, I have to say, went from like man-to-man defense to the zone defense. And, and so my, my responsibility now with, with baby Dewey uh, was to make sure that I was taking care of our, our older kids. And, and part of uh, my job responsibilities as a dad is I had to put the kids to bed uh, every single night. Diamond took care of Dewey. Any dads, dads stepping up their game, put your kids to bed. Shout out to all the dads. Give them a round of applause. All those dads stepping up their game, taking care of business at home. Awesome. And so my, my job was, was to put the, the, the older kids to bed. But if, if you know, there's always steps that you have to take in order to put your kids to bed. And you have to follow every single step. So for us, I don't know about your family, but for us, the first step is the bath. Got to do the bath, do the bath, leave them in there for five minutes, got to go in, wash their hair, uh, uh, wash their body, and then always my daughter is the worst. My, my daughter, she thinks right after bath time is like streaking time. So right after she gets out of the bath, she dodges me, she's running down the hallways, I got to catch her, she's a little wet, getting water everywhere, and I'm going to have to clean up later, and then finally after I catch her, I got Judah, put him to bed, uh, and then they got to put their pajamas on. Isn't it hysterical, like kids think that it's like the end of the world to have to put their pajamas on. Like, we do this every night. Like, you don't get the routine by now. Put their pajamas on. Got to read them books. And then after I read them five books of, of uh, you know, trolls and, and, and Princess Poppy and, and, and you know, Rainbow Unikitty books and everything under the sea, uh, then it's prayer time. Who prays with their kids here? Everybody just raise your hand. Even if you don't, just act like you do. Yes. You know, it's first Sunday of the year. I pray with my kids for sure. And so I, I pray with my kids, Lily, my daughter, very long-winded. Finally, I get them to turn off. I, I, I kiss them, put them to bed. I get down, sit next to my, my beautiful wife, Diamond, praying maybe something can happen tonight. I did a good job putting the kids to bed. But then she always says this to me, um, and, and it, did you brush their teeth? And my response many times is, why bother? They're falling out anyway. She's like, shut up and get in there and brush their teeth, you know, and I listened to her. And, and so uh, that, that's, the, that's the title of, of my sermon I want to talk to you this morning is Why Bother? Uh, and I, I feel like that voice as the household of Jairus comes to him and says, why bother the teacher anymore? Things have changed. Can be a voice that so many of us hear, especially in the beginning of a new year. 
Uh, have you ever stepped out in faith and, and began seeking God and saw progress in what God was calling you to do? Or maybe you saw progress in a prayer that you've been praying for for a long time, but then all of a sudden a report comes, all of a sudden it, it, it goes in the opposite direction, and then you start hearing that voice, why bother? I could even think about someone who's, who's in school and you, you, you study all, all, all week and you take copious notes and you even have flashcards and, and then you take the test and you get a C and, and you start hearing that voice, why bother? What's the point? What's the point of even trying? If, if I, I, I study for 90 hours and, and, I, and I still got a C or, or, or maybe you, you, you don't want to forgive that person because you know that they're just going to use and abuse you. So why bother even forgiving them? Why bother doing what God has commanded me to do? Because it, it's not going to do any good. It's not going to change my, my situation at all. Why bother? I, I, even small things in a house, if if maybe you uh, get overwhelmed with like little things in the house and, and maybe it's, it's just picking up after your, 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 your husband that leaves his shoes out all the time and, and you've been telling him to pick up his shoes and he's not picking up his shoes and you're saying, why bother even telling him to do anything? He doesn't do anything that I tell him, why bother? Can I get a shout out from some, some, some wives that have some things that they're dealing with at the house? With, maybe it's not shoes, but whatever it is. And, and why, why bother? I, I don't know about Pastor Terry, but uh, because you guys, I'm sure, listen to everything that Pastor Terry says, and you do it just right, perfectly every time. But sometimes in my church, you know, I, I feel like I could preach till I'm blue in the face and, 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 and quoting God's word, and, and I feel like I'm preaching, and nobody's listening to one thing that I'm saying. Why bother even getting up here on a Sunday morning, preaching for, for three services? If I, if I don't see anybody or feel like anybody is, is even listening, you always got hateful Henry in the back just sleeping every single Sunday. Do you realize how long I took to prepare this sermon, Henry? He's a fictitious person. He's not a real person. He's, but every church has him, right, Pastor? Why bother? Why bother? Maybe you're at work and other people cheat and they, 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 they cut corners and you've been following the, the, the code and you've been doing what you're supposed to and you've been honest and they end up being promoted or making more money than you do. Why bother even doing what's right if this is where it's going to take me? I remember when I was, I was 15 years old and I was raised and, and, and sheltered. I'm a pastor's kid, recovering pastor's kid. God bless Christian, wherever Christian is. God bless you, man. Uh, no, Christian's awesome. I love Christian. But I, I remember when, when I was 15 years old, I, I was trying to stay pure. And I remember I, I, I got a girlfriend, and, and I remember going into the relationship. Uh, I was invited over to her house one time, 15 years old. And uh, she, she was much more forward than I was. And, and she started, you know, putting on the Marvin Gaye, let's get it on, and, and started just just jumping all over me, and, and I got really freaked out, 15 years old. You know, I felt like Joseph, Potiphar's wife, like coming at me, and, and I kid you not, I, I called my mom. I said, Mom, you got to pick me up. You got to get me out of here. This girl's crazy. And, and so my mom came when she picked me up, and, 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 and I was trying to do what was right. That was right, what was right. But then I'll never forget going to school the next day, and, and everybody just, just laughing at me and making fun of me and calling me whatever, and and I know it's silly to talk about it now, but when you're 15, that stuff, like, it, it matters. It gets to you. And, and I remember that voice saying, why bother standing up for what's right when all you're going to get is laughed at? And I know that that's a 15-year-old story, but you can relate, I'm sure, in some way. 
as you are stepping out in faith, living for God, and it doesn't go the way you expected it to go, and then that voice starts ringing in your ear, why bother? And Jesus gets distracted by this other woman. That bothers me a little bit. I know that the, the woman who had the issue of blood, was that was a great miracle, but so often I see things in the Bible, and, and I don't quite understand it. And, and that's one of them. He's going to heal a girl, and he gets distracted. I remember it was April 9th this past year, and my wife was nine months pregnant. It was my birthday. And we went out for Mexican food and uh, I came home. It was like 1130, and uh, all of a sudden I, I hear my wife, Diamond, she, she calls me in the room. And, you know, first thought was, it's my birthday, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say it, okay? But it wasn't, because I walked in, and her water broke. And, and anyone ever experienced, I mean, I mean that, it never happened to her before. Our, our other two babies, they, they were uh, all uh, scheduled in, inductions. And so this is the first, we, we were panicked. We didn't know what to do. I, I mean, it was everywhere. I mean, all over the place, the, the bed, the floor. I'm like, what do we do? We pack the bags. We got to go to the hospital. How long are we going to stay? And, and so we, we call the doctor. He tells us the hospital that he's at. And then I'm, I'm, I'm kind of panicked, too, because I just got my car washed. And, and I'm like, we got to get some towels. Like, like, you know, I saw a YouTube video where the, the lady gave birth on the way to the, the hospital. I'm like, you better not do that, Diamond. Keep that baby in there until we get to the hospital. But I'll tell you one thing I didn't do is, is I didn't take any phone calls from you know, Deacon Bob, who needed prayer for, for his son, who uh, is struggling with whatever. Oh, honey, wait, I, I, I got to go pray for so-and-so. No, I, I stayed with my wife. Like, we went, I was there. It didn't matter what, what came up. That was my focus. And yet we see in this story, it wasn't like that at all. And so what did Jesus do in the face of this voice saying, why bother? Because we've all been there. We're all going to be there as this year has just started. And so the, ver the first thing that, that I notice is, is it says, the voices from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? The first thing I, I, I notice about this, this spirit is it came from his own house. And I don't know about you, but many times for me, the voices that can discourage me the most can come from the people that I perceive myself closest to. But the voice that really gets to me is the voice inside of my own head that says, why bother? See, so often it's my own head it's the battles that I rage within my own soul that are the greatest battles that I'm ever going to have to face. It's not what they said. It's not what they're doing. It's what I'm doing to myself. I guarantee you that if you look back at some of the greatest disappointments in your life, yes, it was bad, it was wrong, but residually the head trash that you kept speaking over yourself was what kept you in that place. Jesus has set you free, but so often our own head trash and the way we talk about ourselves and the spirit of why bother can paralyze us even after Jesus has moved in our life. 
And so it was the voices closest to Jairus that, that, that were discouraging him the most. And so what did Jesus do? This is what Jesus did. It says, verse 36, overhearing and ignoring what they said. I love that scripture. Oh, you didn't get it, did you? Ignoring what they said. Man, just doing that can set somebody free. Sometimes you just need to say, just talk to the hand, because the face don't care. I don't know, is that what you say? Just, just ignoring what they said. I, I'm not going to let you get to me today. Not today, Satan. I love that shirt. You know, some of you, I, I want to say, you need to realize that you own your emotions. Your emotions don't own you. If you could just live that in 2020, ignoring what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, what they said was true. She was dead. So, I, I don't get it. So what do we just, just, just throw away the facts? No, 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 no. That's not what faith is. Faith is not what... what I don't know if it was a preacher or if this is just some dumb thing that somebody said, fake it till you make it. You didn't, I never preached that sermon, did you, Pastor Jerry? Okay, good. I mean, that's so dumb. Like, like, like just, I'm not even going to face the facts. No, that's not faith. Faith is not ignoring the facts. Faith is saying, even in spite of the facts, I'm going to keep the faith. We have this saying we like to say, we faith it till we make it. And it reminded me of, of of Abraham in, in Romans chapter 4. It says that Abraham, verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. He faced the fact that I'm old. I can't have a baby in the natural. This isn't happening. I'm 100 years old, and that ship sailed a long time ago. And yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. Can you face the facts that are going to be placed before you this year, but keep the faith? Can you face the fact that you have cancer, and you have to go through chemo, and you're going to have to go through surgery, but keep the faith that my God is my healer, and he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it? Can you face the fact that you're lonely, that it was a horrible breakup? that they hurt you and they wronged you and you invested years into that relationship and, 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 and now you feel like there's a piece of you gone. You could face that fact and embrace the fact that he will never, Jesus, leave me nor forsake me, that this is a season of loneliness where he wants to pour into me in a way that I've never experienced before. Can you face the fact that I'm, I'm broke right now and I'm unemployed? and I need to go out and look for a job, and I got bills coming in. I'm not going to ignore the, the, the facts, but I'm going to keep the faith that God has given me the ability to get wealth. He's given me talents, and in the way David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I could face the facts and keep the faith. And that's what you're going to have to do in this year as you hear that voice saying, why bother? Why bother? And and then it says that Jesus looked at her and him and said, don't be afraid, just believe. 
I mean, his daughter just died. Doesn't that seem kind of insensitive to you? Or is it just me? Because to to me, that seems very kind of insensitive for Jesus to say. I I remember um, when my my father, uh, he he passed away suddenly, uh, had a heart attack on Monday morning, preached on Sunday, had a heart attack Monday morning. And I I remember in that time, there would be some some very well-meaning Christians that would come to me and say, well, you should have that joy because you know your father is in heaven. I'm like, I know my dad's in heaven. Of course he's in heaven. I I don't need that right now. What I need is somebody to put their arm around me and and be able to pray for me and stand beside me because, I I mean, being sorrowful is not a sin. I mean, Jesus was sorrowful, and a lot of times we just have to be uh, more sympathetic for people and say, I just want you to know that I'm here for you during this time. That's what we as a church need to be able to be for people in those moments. But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe. How is Jesus in line by saying this? Because maybe Jesus knew something that he didn't know that gave him the authority to speak into his life in a way that nobody else had the authority to do because he knew what was coming. I did this in the first service, and I know that someone would be disappointed if I didn't do this in this service. Um, anybody with a, with a financial need here this morning? Anybody? Anybody? If you, you both, you, you, I saw your hand. Um, if you, you just come, come up here real fast. Um, if you're comfortable. If not, uh, there's another one in the, in the third row that looks very anxious. Okay, you, come, come on up. Yep, hustle. I only got, I only got 13 minutes, and I am, I am sticking to that clock this service, okay? I'm not disappointing my pastor. What's your name, ma'am? Catherine. Catherine. Catherine's, you know, got a financial need. And she, she comes to me and, and, and shares that with me, whatever it may be. Let's just say I'm, I'm just going to make something up. Like, uh, um, I, I, I don't have any money for gas, right? And I, if, if I went to her and she's expressing this need and, and, and pouring out her heart, and I go, Catherine, don't be afraid. Just believe. Okay, you're good. You go back to your seat now. Now, Kath, I'm not, no, 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 come, come on back, come on back, come on back. That would, that would be very insensitive, right? But what if I said the same thing, but I got involved in her crisis? And so I said the same thing. I said, don't be afraid, only believe. But then I, I said, I want to get involved in your crisis. Don't be afraid only believe, does that change what I said a little bit? It does. Because now I'm not just comforting you in an empty way, but I want to get involved in what you're going through. Don't be afraid, just believe. And now you could, you, you could go. And what I want to say is that's what Jesus did. Is when Jesus said that, he wasn't just comforting him. He was saying, I know what's coming. I know that I have a miracle for you if you continue to believe that I am the healer that you thought I was 15 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago before your daughter died. I haven't changed. Your situation may have changed, but I haven't changed. Don't be afraid. Only Now, now, you, now you can go, sweetheart. Thank you so much. That was awesome. And what I love 
about Jairus is that he didn't get discouraged when things didn't go the way he expected. He kept the faith in spite of the facts changing in his daughter's life. How long can you keep the faith? Can you keep it one year? Can you keep it? How long can you keep praying for that same dysfunctional person that you love and you see the direction their life is going? How I, I love what Pastor Tommy Barnett, Pastor Tommy Barnett says that if you could keep a dream alive, if you could keep a prayer alive for five years, that it will come to pass. Pastor Tommy is one of the most spiritual men I've ever met. And Pastor Tommy said it, I'm going with it. It's good enough for me. Five years. So often what happens is if we don't see it come to, come to pass right away or the way we expected, we just stop watering that seed. We, we stop praying over that seed. So often, uh, and I, I was telling Pastor Terry uh, that, that you need to have some Chinese bamboo trees in this church because that's what this ch church really is. This, this church in a lot of ways is like a Chinese bamboo tree. I remember the first time I ever came in this church, I looked around and I was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing church. You have, you have a water fountain like, like, like in, your, in your, the front of your church? You, you, oh my good, this is gorgeous. Have, has anyone ever seen Pastor Terry's office? No, maybe you, maybe you never will, but oh, just, just trust me, it's nice. It's, it's nice. And I remember coming here and just, this is incredible. But then I remember talking to Pastor Terry. And we, we developed a relationship. And I, I began to hear about all, all the disappointments that he had to go through. All of the dashed dreams. All of the, 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 the reports that he got and things that he expected to go one way. And it went a completely opposite direction. All the times where he's walking on the treadmill watching all the demolition going on. And seeing the, the, the dollar bills going through the roof. And, and saying, God, is this ever going to happen? I don't want to meet in a storefront church any longer. I want my own parking spot. And imagine if your pastor pulled up those roots after year three or year four. Man, we wouldn't be here today. I'm so thankful that you have a pastor that knows how to go through dark nights and keep the faith and be able to pursue the dream that God put inside of him in spite of things not going the way he expected. If it has to go the way that you expected, then you're never going to see God move in your life. Yes. Oh, he wants me to tell you what a Chinese bamboo tree is. Does anybody want to know? So uh, a Chinese bamboo tree, it's amazing. If you plant it, which I think Pastor Terry is, is going to do it this year, um, maybe. And, and, and you have a whole team and you guys water for a whole year. Guess how much that, that, that tree will grow? No inch, nothing. You won't see a thing. But the second year, guess what happens? Nothing. I mean, this is exciting. I like, sign me up. I want some Chinese bamboo. Third year, fourth year, the fifth year, Google it. You water that Chinese bamboo tree for five years. The first five weeks of that fifth year, it shoots up 96 feet. It's the tallest of any of the bamboo trees in all of the bamboo family kingdom of trees. <laughs> and I want to say, I, I want, I'm a bamboo tree. 
that there are some things in my life that I've been watering, I've been praying for, and I'm not going to give up this year. I'm going to keep watering it and believe that my year five is coming and it's going to shoot up higher than I ever dreamed. And I'm so thankful for your church being a witness of that for a young pastor like me because I don't have my own parking spot yet either at my church. So I got six minutes left. I'm, I'm, I'm good, pastor. I'm good. I'm going to tie this baby in. He said, don't be afraid, just believe. Oh, God, he's only gone through three verses. Verse 37. But he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John and the brother of James. When they came to the home and the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with the people. They were crying and wailing loudly. And he said, why is all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. Notice that Jesus didn't take everybody with him. Because there's some people, and I know you know this, but you get in your way so much because you, a lot of times you, you think, but there's so much potential. There's so much potential. Let me just say this to somebody who maybe is, is thinking about uh, marrying for somebody for potential. Don't ever marry anybody for potential. Marry somebody based on the patterns in their life. Oh, they have so much potential. They came to church with me one time the last four months. You know, he listened to a Christian song the whole way through. So much. No. No. Pray for them, yes, but don't marry them. You can't take everybody with you. And Jesus only took the people that he knew were not going to bring that spirit of doubt into that place where he needed to see a miracle take place. And he, he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. They laughed at him. And after he put them all out, all the people that laughed at him, see, that's what you got to do. You got to put them out. Put them out. If you can't physically put them out because you, you, you got to work with them or you got to be around them, then, then emotionally and, and mentally you got to put them out. That, 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 that's not going to control me any longer. I'm taking back the keys to my heart. I'm not giving you the keys to my heart any longer. I don't care what you say to me. I'm having a good day today. Whether you say what I want, whether you smile or frown at me, whether you hug me or you don't hug me, I'm having a good day today because I own my emotions. My emotions don't own me. And they laughed at him. People are going to laugh at you. It's okay. They laughed at Jesus, they're going to laugh at you too. People will laugh at the size of your dream. And I, I, I close with, with this. My, my parents, they, uh, about my age, I'm 35 years old. My, my parents, when they were 35 years old, they were pastors of a church, and they didn't have any children up until that point. They desperately wanted to, to have a child. And they, they went to this big conference in, in uh, China, uh, Pastor Hungi Cho. I don't know if some of you may know him. Uh, I, I believe he has one of the largest churches in, in all of Asia. And they went to this conference, and Pastor Cho had a, a word over my parents, picked him out of a crowd. And he had a word that they were going to have a robust, blonde-haired baby boy. And... They laughed when he said this. Why did they laugh? Say that. Why did they laugh? 
Okay, because my parents have the blackest hair you have ever seen in your entire life. My mom dyes it, but it's, you know. And, and so they, they laughed. They're like, how is this going to be possible? And so they kept trying to have kids, and, 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 and God wasn't giving them the baby. And, and, and they kept seeing this vision of, how are we going to have a blonde-haired baby? How are we going to have a blonde-haired baby? Uh, this, is, this is not possible. And, and across the country, I live in New Jersey. My parents live in New Jersey. Uh, my father's pastor was a man by the name of Dr. Ern Baxter, and he has a church in Washington State. And there was a woman in Washington uh, State and attended Dr. Ern Baxter's church, and she was 16 years old, and, and she got pregnant. And uh, a lot of the voices in her life were uh, wanting her to have an abortion. Um, that's what a lot of the, the family members, the voices in, in her life were saying. But there was a voice of her pastor that she began to listen to. And Dr. Ern Baxter was sharing with her about this family in New Jersey that had been desperately praying for a baby. And they were unable to have that baby. And by the grace of God, she sent phone calls. They didn't have emails back then to my parents. And I ended up when I was three days old, I was born in Washington State. And when I was three days old, they flew me from, to JFK Airport, and I was picked up at JFK Airport by my parents, uh, Pastor Dewey and Rhonda Friedel. And, I didn't do this in the first service because I like you guys a little bit better. But I, I was recently reading this card. I, I keep a lot of these cards, and I came across this one that my father wrote me in 1998 and this is what he said he said son 14 years ago was the happiest day of my life because God gifted us with a marvelous baby boy directly from the pearly gates we laughed and had to name you laughter that's why your name is Isaac and when I was born I had that white hair just the way God had spoken through Dr. Cho to my parents years ago. Not possible in the natural, but with faith and with God, all things are possible. If, if you're able to, can you just stand to your feet right now as as we close. I pray this, this message ministered to you and man, I, I pray that you hold this, this word in your heart because sure as anything, this year, this week, this month, you're gonna start hearing that voice, why bother? You're gonna start hearing those voices trying to talk you out of the dream that God put inside of your heart. People may laugh at you, you may even laugh at you. But when you keep the faith, God always has the last laugh. And this is what I want to leave you with before we pray. Nobody's no can compete with God's yes. If God said yes, then yes, it is. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God that doesn't give up on us. 
that when we were lost and we were far away from you, your grace ran after us. Whether we were rebelling for a year, five years, 10 years, we turned our backs on you, but your grace never turned its back on us. And it ran and it called us. You never gave up on us. And God, I pray that we will never give up on you, that we will never lose the faith in spite of the facts that we may face this year. That whatever you spoke over our life, whatever it may be, we believe that this year we are gonna see it manifested. And even if it doesn't, I'm not gonna lose the faith. God, if you never give me another thing, you've given me your son and I'm saved and I'm satisfied. And God, whatever you add to that is just a bonus. Father, I pray for this church, Lord God, that this will be a church of restored dreams. Pray that you continue to dream through Pastor Terry to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.